Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. Today, we are recording at Magic Fest Las Vegas, and we've got a special guest with us. It is Shivam Butt, one of the six members of the Commander Advisory Group and co-host of the Commander in Podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Good morning, folks. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Shivam. Yeah, this is awesome. I, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Oh, <laughs> this man. Is awesome. And you guys are lucky. It's the beginning of the Magic Fest, so I still have a voice to talk. <laughs> yes, yes, awesome. Today, uh, we want to talk to you about the ban list and the future of the format. Recently, you released an episode on Commander and where you were talking about the recent bans and your philosophy for shaping the format. Can you uh, summarize some of the thoughts, especially related to bannings? So as a Commander player, the reason I came to the format in the first place was because Commander is the only format, barring Vintage, where you can play every card you want. Right, like that's kind of one of the big draws is that you can take any jank card you've ever had, your pet card from 1997, your favorite card that you came back to the game with in 2006, whatever it is, you can take it and you can build a commander deck around it and you can still play it viably. Maybe it won't be the best deck, but you can still play it. It's still legal. So when it comes to banning cards, I'm very, very hesitant. Like I never want to ban a card because I know that any card could be somebody's most important pet card, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I care deeply about the health of the format. Commander is played in two ways, right? One is the way that we all kind of understand, which is in your friend's play group, at your house, at your school, at your you know, work office, whatever. Just you and your buddies playing games Commander. You kind of need a baseline of rules, but you don't really need to worry about band lists. Yeah. You and your friends will build your meta. You guys will figure out what's good and bad. If somebody wants to play something tricky or an unmander card or whatever it is, yeah, knock yourself out. It's great. The other way people play, and this is the way that's been spiking in popularity, is coming to places like Magic Fest or coming to places like your local store or any number of these places where you've got like hundreds of people who are, not even hundreds, even tens of people who are not necessarily friends who want to sit and just play Commander because it's the best format and they just want to sit and play. But when you're in your friends group, you can sit and say, yo, we're going to play our, you know, turn four kill deck right now. And then you guys can pull out your, like, Timnas and knock out and go to town. But when you're at a store, you can sit there and say, oh, what power level is your deck? And someone's like, oh, it's a seven. What does seven mean? We don't, yeah, have, yeah. <laughs> we don't really have, a, like, a grading. And when you're talking about a format like Commander, which is literally every card, it's impossible to judge power level. A deck made out of garbage commons can be just as strong yeah. as, like, any like, top-level deck, right? Yeah. So the idea is that with a ban list, with the format rules and stuff that we're doing, we're trying to make it so that the baseline... The people who only read the band list just for the cards on it and not for the meaning behind the cards are not going to be able to go to a game store and just crush the kid who yeah. picked up <laughs> their first uh, pre-con or whatever and sit down and like, hey, guys, I want to play with my new Windgrace deck or whatever. And a lot of people are like, oh, man, you're ruining Commander because you're going for the bottom baseline of you don't want the kid's feelings to be hurt in the store. I'm like, well, yes. I don't want the kids feeling. I want that kid to grow up and be a dedicated commander player. I don't want their first experience to be like, well, uh, this dude played Sanguine Bond and Exquisite, you know, Blood or whatever and just like comboed me out turn two. And it's like, that's not fun. It's like your first experience with Standard being just getting comboed out. It's like, why would you come back to Magic? Yeah. Why would you come back the next FNM or whatever? Right. Yeah. So with that kind of in mind, when we talk about cards that we want to ban, 
there's been 19 cards banned, right? 19 out of the 20,000 magic cards that have been made. Now, a lot of them are giant growth or whatever, but yeah. 19 cards is not a lot in the history of Commander. And when you look at the cards we're banning, and there's controversy about the cards, the, some of the cards that are on the list, the general idea is we want to make sure that somebody can sit down and play, right? Mm -hmm. Something like uh, Iona, for instance, is a card that strictly says a player can't play if they're playing a monocolor deck, right? Yeah. That, to me, is against the heart of the format, which is a bunch of folks hanging out with their friends, sitting down and playing a game of Commander. Now, mind you, if everybody comes to the table and is like, yo, we're playing prison, the lockdown, crazy town, <laughs> knock yourselves out. I get it. That's awesome. <laughs> but I don't want somebody to go and just sit down and be like, I made my Odric deck, and you just called white, and now I'm just... Yeah, and then there's nothing I can do anymore. What are you going to do? You yeah. have to wait on the on the auspice of your friends who you're playing with who you may or may not know mm -hmm. to take them out. But they're going to be like, yo, you didn't call blue, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like hoping for mercy is not necessarily... No, that's yeah. not how you want to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, look, it's one thing when you're deep in the politics of the game and you guys have been playing for a while. If I'm begging you for mercy, we've got a history. <laughs> if you just slam something down and it's like, well, it just targets that guy. Yeah, mm. yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of like my general idea is that when we look at cards to ban, because one thing is a lot of people have come to be like, how do I know you're not going to ban the cards out of my deck? Right. And that's a fair question. Mm -hmm. We've all been at the Profit Crucifix level where it's like, oh, man, I want to play Profit. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so awesome. You straight took that from me. But Profit Crucifix is like one of the most abusable cards on the planet. Oh, and like that card probably shouldn't have been made. <laughs> I mean, R.I.P. and P. Dude, I put it. I put it in my Oathbreaker deck. Not gonna lie. Oh, I did the same. But but also, it's brutal. It's it's messed up card, <laughs> right? And generally speaking, as you as the CAG had, had more influence on the RC, and as we go forward, I think you're gonna see a lot more of these kind of corrective bans. People came to me like, "Well, Iona has been out for ten years. Why did you ban it now?" Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "I banned it now." And I I mean, I as in us, the, the not general. I. But yeah, I mean, yeah. we banned it now because the rules committee maybe just wasn't aware that you could play Iona on turn two with Unearth or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not thinking about like how easily are these cards abusable or what do they do to the format? Mm. And it's less about like Iona being a specific, this is bad and more like this is the attitude we don't want to foster with commander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we have the same kind of general view of the ban list where like the, to us, like the ban list is about the people who can't dictate their play group exactly like, like I, I think that's a very important distinction to make for people who might not yeah it's like it's it's literally just look you don't always get to choose the people you play with mm -hmm. and if yeah. you're going to be playing with people you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page and one part of that is our rule zero which is you know sit and talk before you sit and play a game and number two is even with that there's still some cards that are just too strong to yeah. just let in the wild yeah related to that how do you feel about banning cards like Flash, for example, that cause problems in like the, the very competitive end of the format but don't affect the majority so, of the metagame? In contrast to a lot of the members of the CAGRC, I have been very strongly for banning Flash mm -hmm. because of the same kind of the same mentality, which is this makes games less fun. Mm, yeah. Like my goal is I'm not here for winning and losing. I don't care who wins the game. I want to make sure my metric for winning is after the two hours or whatever you sat playing commander, will you leave happy? Yeah. <laughs> Are you like, did your deck do the thing? Did yes. You, yeah. Like whatever it is, like, did you come away feeling like your time was well spent? 
And a card like Flash, which sits there and says, like, yo, we're just going to combo out and peace out. I've had a lot of conversations with the competitive EDH community since uh, the banning, since I got on the CAG and everything, because I'm not a competitive player. I'm yeah. a super softy, dirtle Tron, you know, make a bunch of tokens and laugh guy, <laughs> right? But I I'm care about them because I, it's my responsibility to care about them. And the thing is, is that competitive EDH players, they're not necessarily looking for, like, the turn two kill. They're looking for a really good, optimized, hardcore, very skill-intensive game of Magic. And something like Flash Hulk is maybe... It's not necessarily... I'm not going to say it's an easy win, but it's also just, like, it kind of minimizes the impact of other cards in the format. Like, when you're, when you're talking CDH levels, you're talking about the way that WotC balances metagame for standard. You want to make sure that there's a balance of decks and stuff going on. And I don't know that necessarily we're quite the people to do that yet. <laughs> I think as we grow and as we start to understand, we can kind of get a feel for it. But I think that just for the purposes of that top echelon, Flash is bad. Flash should go away so that they can have a whole new era of decks open up that they can sit and do crazy town things. Yeah. Because Flash doesn't impact low-level players like us. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> if you ask your average commander player, nobody's got Flash in their deck. No. If they've got Hulk in their deck, they're using it to do like just simple, like, I'm going to go Hulk to get my Solemn Simulacrum, not to win the game. Yeah. Like, if you banned Flash, realistically speaking, you're, you're making life better for a larger number of people. Yeah. No, That's I, my be general take on that. In general, I think we both agree with you on that because, like, so many people play commander. It's, like, the most popular way to play magic at this point i mean look we're here at the gp vegas yeah <laughs> right now as of the opening of today there were 1100 people signed up for the command zone oh, wow. that is more than the main event whoa really yeah wow yeah no it's and that that does make a lot of sense because I, I i i think all three of us agree this is probably the best way to play magic it, <laughs> like, if, if you're coming to an event like this i think what fans are finally realizing is we can go to magic fest meet other people who love magic and play magic mm -hmm. you don't just have to sit there and go to the tournament and like sit yeah. and like stare stone face at in front of your opponent for like 12 and a half hours yeah no, you can come here and sit and just throw down with your stupid like you know yeah well, lady well, orca deck like, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Barktooth Warbeard. He's, <laughs> a, he's a good good guy. No, yeah, it's it's. I think there's like a frame of reference that people who only spend a lot of their time like looking at like the Twitter discourse don't have. Yeah. And and I think a, a lot of the reason why it took Wizards and people and and like Channel Fireball a long time to figure out that Commander was where it is was because people play in their houses a lot. Right. So you, I think. Did you know mm -hmm. that Wizard of the Coast and Channel, Channel Fireball, when they scheduled GP Vegas, did not know that this was launch weekend for Commander Nineteen? Wow. Ooh, I Until did not I know. told them that it was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, you know what you should do? You should get a big zone area, put a place for people to play Commander. You should have a big blowout event and panels and prom all these things." Yeah. And now here we are. Here we big, are. <laughs> big play area and panels and yeah. promos and the whole thing because finally they realized. We're magic players too. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. I actually, that actually is a question that I was gonna try and ask like Gavin this weekend. Is like, why now? Like, why this weekend? You kind of just answered it. <laughs> like, well, look, GP <laughs> Vegas has always been the premier event mm -hmm. since Watsi yeah. started this with um, like Modern Masters revival or the release of Modern Masters. Mm -hmm. This has been the marquee event, right? Yeah, like this is kind of like the high point of our calendar, mm -hmm. and it's Commander Christmas, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, so everybody comes to Vegas and. More than half of us are casual players, or not even casual, just, yeah. you know, we're not here for the main event. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're here, we're going to play Commander, so <laughs> let's do this. 
just want to say quickly, thank you for suggesting that idea because this is such a cool event. We got to, yeah. to see all those tables and how much space. I haven't space. even been inside yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, we hijacked you right yeah. before you went in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the, the, the huge space devoted to Commander players. It's going to be an amazing well, weekend. I don't know if you guys remember GPLA earlier this year. GPLA earlier this year was one of the other just ha- randomly happened to become a huge Commander event because a lot of content creators were there. A lot of them are live in L.A. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then yeah. it just became this gigantic Commander Fest. And we're like, all right, we want to sit and play. And the room was small, and CFP kept shuffling us around. And we ended up playing on the floor outside the hall. And, like, you know, the Commander's Brew guys from Canada were like, yo, this is ridiculous. We, we pay for Magic, too. We will, like, my podcast, we tried to buy a table from CFP to be able to sit there and say, this is a dedicated Commander area. <laughs> they wouldn't let us at the time. Wow. And we were just like, why are we second-class citizens sitting in the food court trying to play Magic or whatever? <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. And from there to now, it's like a sea change. We are now the focus of this event. I don't know. I just love Commander. No, yeah, it's great. Commander. No, yeah. same. I would come to way more Magic Fests if there was a focus of Commander that I know I could get in good games. And yeah. we've shown that we'll pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I will pay for a space to know that I can sit and play Commander with, without being moved by somebody for their Chaos Draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are some members of the community that feel that CEDH should break off and form its mm. own ban list. What are your thoughts on that idea? So the CEDH, so this, here's the thing. When you take a format and fissure it, it is one of the most sensitive areas you could do, right? Because you could have like the format just up and die. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. when you take a format and slice it and send all the people who play CEDH off to the side or whatever... There are people who call themselves CDH players who play a very optimized... Com- and then there's people who don't call themselves CDH players, but are CDH players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they play... it. The, their decks are hardcore, hyper. Maybe they don't know what CDH is. Maybe they don't want to label themselves as anything other than EDH. Maybe they just like stomping on noobs. Yeah. Right? But if you siphon it off and say, okay, CDH, and here's your band list, happy birthday... Now you have to sit there and say, like, okay, well, are you an EDH player or a CDH player? Mm-hmm. Okay, what band list are we playing with? And it just becomes complicated. It becomes tricky. And what will eventually happen is just like things like Frontier or whatever, the format will die, right? The format will disappear. And then what? They'll just come back to being normal EDH players and we'll still have the same problem. Because they're not going to stop playing EDH. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think that siphoning off the format is a good idea. I thought so initially until I thought about it. Right? <laughs> until yeah. I sat down and actually tried to do the logistics of what does this mean? Whereas if we do selective bands, if we do very like pinpoint targeted bands for specific cards that do not impact the greater co- commander community, but assist the CDH community, I think that is the way to go. The question is, what are those cards and how do you do this? Because yeah, yeah. you don't want the band list to become too unmanageable. Maybe the issue is not two formats, but maybe the issue is two band lists. I don't know. We don't know the solution to that yet. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just for some context, on the issue of Flash and like how much it sees play in the, the greater Commander community, if you look at EDH rec, there's 260,000 decks. There's only about 1,300 that are running Flash. So half of 1% of all the decks on EDH rec are running Flash. It's not a card that is sees play. It's not like really burning up the charts here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And the art is gross. <laughs> the art is, gr- yeah. I liked the new Flash art from... Iconic. Or yeah, it was, it was iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one I was like, oh, cool. Finally, this card doesn't look like 
trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Flash is a cool card, but it's only really used if you're comboing off. Yeah, I used it in like a graveyard deck at one point in time. I'm like, oh, cool, I get an ETB, and then it dies, and mm. then I. But that was like a really like corner narrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, there's there's things you can do. I'm sure, whatever. Somebody's yeah. gonna write me a long letter about how Flash is integral to their Sarah Angel deck or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for taking the brunt of that. For the <laughs> I, you know what? It's my job to listen to to people and to take these comments back to the rules committee and that means even when folks are really angry or really upset or emotional i understand i'm a commander player i get it right like i really really get it and so i'm going to sit and listen i'm going to take it i'm going to just say take the you give me because that's my job right that's what i signed up for so i'm fine with that i think that's kind of something like we've talked to a few members of the cag now and i think that uh, idea that mentality is something that everyone on the cag has had so far is just like I'm here to be an envoy for you, the players. Right. So. And we really appreciate that. Because, yeah. look, the rules committee is cool. I love those guys. They're really, really neat. They're also four dudes who play in four different stores in the different parts of the country. And they're kind of insular. They've got an idea and stuff. And, look, I know all the, the criticisms of the rules committee. I was making them two, yeah. three, a year ago, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But going out and getting folks like me, like Josh Lee Kwai, like, you know, Rachel, all these people who have just big audiences or just even different reach mm-hmm. is so yeah. important and i hope as we go that we can expand the cag to add more voices from different parts of the world yeah. and get different views of commander because we want commander the only goal we have is we want commander to live if commander is the only way to play magic i would be a little sad but i wouldn't be that sad yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so all we want is we just want commander to be good and mm-hmm. i care what people think about like bands and stuff. Yeah. S- except when you're trying to tell me the Paradox Engine is not an abusable card because you're wrong. <laughs> like that's yeah. just like when we had the Paradox Engine ban, we have a couple of meetings every quarter where we sit and discuss what should be on the ban list, what shouldn't be on the ban list, and kind of are there cards to watch, are there cards to think about? Like for instance, Bolas Citadel was one's like, is this card going to be abusable? I'm like, let people play with it. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Or like Kirk, Kark, whatever the oh, new. Oh, Carrick. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. is going to be like. There can be eyes on that card. But um, <laughs> a lot of these things are like, okay, let's discuss. What's the value of something like doubling season? Is doubling season worth banning? I'm like, and no. No, it's not. I put my foot down because <laughs> I believe doubling season is a pillar of the format. And no, I'm not going to take doubling season. It's my favorite yep. card. Screw mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But when we're talking serious cards like Paradox Engine or like other cards that we had on the list of things to talk about banning and unbanning, we sit and have a long discussion about it. Yeah. Paradox Engine was one of those where like, okay, guys, the discussion here is why shouldn't we take this? Because people for two years since it had been published have been asking us to ban that card. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, but what about Cyclonic Rift? I'm like, Cyclonic Rift is a seven-mana card. It ends the game. It's miserable and feels bad, but it ends the game. Game's got to end at some point. But Paradox Engine is like, I'm going to take 30 turns for an indeterminate combo that may or may not end at some point. Mm -hmm. We have like a thing that we kind of use when we're looking at ban list or like maybe offenders for the ban list is like if it's just the best thing if you always tutor for this card no matter what that that was paradox engine yeah you just if it was in your deck you always tutored for it you just every single time it was just the best thing you could do most of the time yeah that it is kind of what you said like yeah. it, it it just turned every single deck into this and like, like i've said elsewhere urza just came out mm-hmm. urza <laughs> just came out in modern horizons and Urza is the most popular character in the history of magic, right? <laughs> Urza is Urza is magic for a lot of people. It's iconic. It's, yeah. it's, it is. He's the dude. And they just made a card that is incredibly good. 
there's no way in any hell that we would let Paradox Engine and Urza exist simultaneously. Are you kidding? Yeah. That is obscene. <laughs> and so when the choice is, okay, there's a card that's super abusable that people have abused in multiple decks where the game becomes you have engine or not, and whether it becomes like half an hour of watching a guy dirtle, or ban the most popular new, the, the card that people have been asking for for 26 years? Mm. Come on. Yeah. I think if Urza hadn't come out, Engine might have survived, but I don't. But Urza coming out meant that it, it couldn't. He has just skyrocketed in terms of popularity. Like, uh, it's Urza. I, I know. Yeah. But, but like, he's been out for like a, a, a month, month, two months. <laughs> yeah. And he's already the number four most popular mono blue commander. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, and I know he's going up higher. He's going to be the number one most popular soon because yeah. he's Urza. Yeah. Yeah. Urza and Yagmoth both, I think. Yeah. Just like, seriously. Like, I want to play with Urza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, ultimately speaking, we don't want to ban cards. And most of us want to take cards off the list. Like, Coalition Victory is one of those cards that I'm just like, this is no business being on the ban list. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, there's a bunch of cards. I mean, not a bunch, but there's some cards that are just, like, Sundering Titans never coming off the ban list. Like, it's just mean and you can repeat it with Deadeye Navigator, which probably should be on the ban list. <laughs> but Deadeye, and people don't really play Deadeye anymore mm-hmm. too much. I, I wanted to bring back Primetime, but the fact that you can do... Like, I play Mono Fair. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting two forest, yay! And everybody's <laughs> like, I'm getting Thespian Sage in Dark Depth. It's like, oh, right. Any land. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty... I, I remember the Primetime days, and it was dark times because it basically like everyone was bribing people's prime times right. everyone was trying to get their prime time it was just yeah it was just, it, it's not as fun as i want it to be yeah no i remember because i i love like that would be a card that like that's one of the ones like profit is also that for me where like i love this card so much i had so much fun with these cards but like we know better yeah it's like i, I got i'm sorry but i gotta can't it's for the it's it's for everybody's good i'm sorry yeah it feels real bad but uh, i gotta let him go but that's like like lenny and george at the end (laughs) seriously i mean there are cards that obviously are up for discussion to add to the bands list there's cards up for discussion to take off and i'm always interested in hearing what people think but when it's people are like you should ban soul ring and i'm like come on this is eda this is the only place you could play a soul ring no I think things like Sol Ring and Doubling Season, for instance, are just so fun. And they let you do so many fun things, and the story, equity, and value of it <laughs> far outweighs any broken thing you could do with it. <laughs> I mean, that might be a hypocritical statement. I don't think it is. I mean, you took off Painter Sermon, for God's sake. Yeah, no, I mean, you've been very consistent with your opinion on bannings and unbannings, and, and thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really nice to see that, like, you have a clear like consistent i have a philosophy exactly yeah it's it's really nice no it's really helpful because like there is so much uncertainty about bannings and like are my cards getting banned to have leaders of the format who are like consistent with their vision gives a a bit more stability yeah and that's one of the things is like one of the problems before is that the rules committee was not transparent yeah transparent but also not just informative and they were kind of hidden away and things would just appear on the band list i mean like (laughs) Okay, look, when Prophet got banned, we were like, okay, we, yeah. When Leovold got banned, I think there were like a handful of people who were like, my lock deck, and the rest yeah. were like, go f*** yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but um, ultimately, though, I want people to understand the process. I want people to know that mm-hmm. we're thinking about this, we're talking about it, we're looking at the different scenarios. Because I don't want to make your value disappear. Like, yeah. The rules committee can't say that, but I can. Like, I care about how much these cards cost. Mm-hmm. I know how much Paradox Engine costs, and I know how much the, the Paradox Engine Masterpiece costs. Yeah. I get it. 
Yeah. Like, that hurt. That's not fun. But it's also, like, the format was not healthy. I would rather put something on, like, chopping block and sit and cry that I have to do this yeah. than kill Commander. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Ultimately, we're, we're, we don't want to make big changes because we want you guys to feel secure that Commander is the place where you can play your cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although it's nowhere near as large as Commander, Oathbreaker has gotten a lot of attention since the release of War of the Spark mm. as a way to sort of mimic the, the best parts of Commander's gameplay, but adding on this other layer of Planeswalker Commanders and signature <sighs> spells. Do you think that Oathbreaker is a competitor to Commander? No. I don't Because th- I don't think uh, a competitor is the right word. Because the thing is, as, as casual players, there's, there's a running joke that a commander player does not bring a deck with them. They bring a table. With yeah. them. <laughs> because a commander player doesn't want to just play commander. They want to sit there, and they want you to play commander with them. We actually literally saw a guy bring a table <laughs> with him and a sign that said EDA. Right, <laughs> right. Like, there literally. we go. There we go. I need to be that guy. Take yeah. that picture. But here's the thing. Oathbreaker and Brawl, to me, fit in the same category. Like I believe there's a family of commander. Not, I don't believe commander is a format. I believe commander is a format family. In the sense that, like, we all have this thing where there's a commander in the zone, you've got a singleton deck, and then we've got these kind of cousins that are related. Mm-hmm. There's Old Daddy Commander, which is 100 cards. We know the game. There's CDH. There's a Brawl. There's Oathbreaker. There's this whole family. I don't think we're competitors. I think commander players are the type of people who will just carry an Oathbreaker and a Brawl deck with them. Because, like, why not? <laughs> it's all singleton. Yeah. It's just a different way. Like, I've got in my bag right now, I've got my Oath deck. I've got my Commander deck. I've got my Brawl deck. I've got... I think Oath is a faster way to play Commander. I think Oath is an interesting way to play Commander. It's... I'm still on the fence about signature spells. I'm not sure about that. That's not really... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, I'm still kind of like... I would need to play more games of that to really get a feel for it. And I'm not a fan of Planeswalkers, just as general and as, like, Commanders. But I love the idea... I love mm-hmm. the idea of a 60-card singleton, and I really wish that Brawl was Eternal Brawl and not just, like, Block Brawl. Or it was, like, if you're limiting to blocks, let everybody from all the block play instead of just standard rotation. Like the, I think it would be hella fun to be like, okay, here's my Amoket Brawls and here's my Ixalan Brawls or whatever, and just run... Because I, I love Brawl. Brawl is one of my favorite ways to play. And cool. um, Brawl and Oathbreaker, to me, are just like, yo, you know what? I want to play Commander with my pals. We don't have time for a full-on game. Let me pull out the Oath deck. Let's crack it and let's play. Yeah. That's great. It scratches the itch. Yeah, yeah. I, I view Brawl a little bit as a, a potential driver of commander growth. Yes. I think yeah, that... We're, we're fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that Brawl is a much smaller card pool. So people can, like, if you know standard, all you really got to know is how to play multiplayer. That's, yeah, like, that's what so, you're learning. Yeah, what sold me on Brawl was that I go to pre-release. I do a couple of pre-releases each season, and I end up with a bunch of cards of like common chaff that you can't do anything with. And then I was like, oh my god, you can make a Brawl deck out of this? And yeah, I yeah. play like, this card that's super fun, but it's never going to show up in a Commander deck. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's good, too. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that really surprised me about Brawl, is you're like, oh, I'm really happy to play this four mana well, common. One of the things is, I love, I used to love playing Block Construct, where you would sit there and take the three things and make a deck out of it or whatever. Yeah. And because it lets you use the mechanic, it lets you build the themes. You could, like, for instance, I had a Temet deck in uh, the Amaket block where yeah, you yeah. got your, your guys coming back from the graveyard and everything. That's super fun. Brawl lets you still do that. And then if you really like your Brawl deck, how hard is it to just add 20 cards and make it into a commander deck? I mean, one of my Oathbreaker decks is a Soren, the new Soren deck. Oh, yeah. But that's because I took my last season's Black White Brawl deck, which was a life gain, uh, you know, 
make infinite horses crested sunmare deck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just said, okay, well, I'm just going to take out Vona and swap it in with Soren. Now I have an Oathbreaker deck. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like we've got this progression that we can go up, give people an entry point into because Commander's hard to get into. Yeah. Yes. This is something we've talked about a lot. Like, I'm incredibly happy for, like, the... Brawl the, precons. Uh, brawl precons, the brawl support, the brawl coming to arena. Like, e- it's 1v1, yeah, but, like... It's still something. Exactly. It's it's showing that, like, they support it, and I think that the ability for someone who hasn't played much Magic... Because one of the things, like, the Commander precons, awesome if you've played Magic and never played Commander. Really terrible if that's your first Magic I taught someone how to play Magic with a precon, a <laughs> Commander precon. Oh, my God, are you kidding? Yeah. Every card is a different mechanic yes. from a different mm. set and a different... And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Go- yeah, not only are you, like, learning the mechanics of how Magic works, which is on its surface just one of the most, co- like, yeah. complicated things, you're also like, and this card has graft, so it enters with some counters, and right. you can put them on... You can even put them on your opponent's card. But it combos 20,000 cards you got to memorize. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> this card combos with this card in a way that they didn't intend but we yeah. can do the infinite combo it's like what what no yeah. stop stop yeah so brawl is something we've like very much embraced for a lot of the reasons you said just like i love it yeah it's, it's, it's a, we both think it's really wonderful so it's interesting that you built a, a soren markov oathbreaker deck because one of the things we've been doing we've been yeah. uh <laughs> testing planeswalkers as commanders in in regular just commander games, and yeah. I, I built soren as uh one of my test lists and i had been having a ton of fun with it I think that in Commander, we will at some point probably see Planeswalkers over my objection as Commander. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much that needs to be evaluated before we can make that kind of call. I, I think that, like, one of the... I, I mean, we are very forward-focused. like focused, And so one of the things that we've kind of seen, especially with War of the Spark and moving forward, is that they're printing more and more of these with not a normal ult. So they're not, like, time bombs anymore. Like the new Soren doesn't really have an ult. You can put a vampire into play. Okay. Those are mm. way more fun, way more balanced, and way better. I think it's because they're designing them for Brawl. So it's like, we don't want this, like, time bomb here. The thing is, you've got to be very careful when you've got Planeswalker Commanders. Because it is an yeah. extra life bar that you can just add. And, d- mm-hmm. and there are some utterly abusable Planeswalkers. <laughs> Doubling season <laughs> means that any green Planeswalker is immediately ulting, right? And I would not want to sacrifice doubling season and friends at the altar of bringing up planeswalkers as commanders yeah because i would much rather be able to make 25 you know sapperlings than just be able to sit there and play <laughs> vivian reed as my commander mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but we would have to get rid of so many like i mean look i hate super friends decks i'm maybe i'm biased and not the right person to be talking about this but like attractive super friends is my least favorite deck i not my least favorite, but it's like up there on my like. I would really rather not play against this. Mm-hmm. No, it's. It, I mean, it turns the game into arch enemy. If you can't get everyone on a team against that player, you're just not gonna yeah. be able to do anything. It's, it's gonna not. feel like a no crushing, thanks. grinding loss. Yeah, and you just hate your life. <laughs> I think we agree about yeah. that. One of the things I propose is let's let all the uncommon planeswalkers be able to be commanders. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're already kind of balanced. They're not like over the top nonsense. But they are nonsense, some of them. Like, you can go off with Sahili. Like, uncommon oh, yeah, yeah. Sahili oh. with her making... I, I built Sahili and then played one game and one on turn four, like, <laughs> yeah, like completely you can go, accidentally. I'm like, you can go to took town it apart immediately. <laughs> right, like, that's the thing. You, we would have to be very cognizant and careful of, like, things like Nissa who gives you double mana. There's discussions going on and the discussions to be had. We're thinking about it. I don't know the opinion yet. I don't think the the vote is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this seems like a, a discussion that is... 
it's going to keep coming up over the years. It's so going I don't, to. I don't expect there to be a major decision. This is the sort of thing that you you can't make a snap judgment on. You mm-hmm. really need to yep. sit, try it, work it out, figure it out, because this impacts so much. Mm-hmm. Like so many things would have to change in order to make this happen, and that's something we're going to have to work on. Yeah. yeah. We've definitely seen some of the the downsides in our testing. Like, it Mm -hmm. does feel really bad if your opponent's just ticking up towards an ultimate. And And you you can't do anything. You can't race fast enough to to stop it. And, yeah, it's like, if their one guy is like, okay, well, I'm bouncing all your creatures, and the other one's just ticking up to making Kiora ultimate or whatever it is, and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the emblems are really, really bad. But the Venser emblem is one that I've been just like, oh, I, I'm, I win now. Like, sorry. <laughs> it's just there's there's not really a way to Neo Chandra with her Pingu forever. Like, so oh, five Vortex emblem. Oh, that one. Oh, oh my the God. five damage one is yeah. miserable. Yeah, but that's not as bad. Like, I actually like the Flipwalkers a lot. Mm-hmm. I think oh, the yeah. Flipwalkers are the right power level, and if there were more of them, I would be super stoked. And I've, I've definitely built a few of those over the years, and yeah. they're, they're a blast. They're really yeah. fun. Like, I love the Flipwalkers. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm hoping that going forward, they continue to, like, use the War the Spark design philosophy for Planeswalkers, where it's just a lot more narrow, because that leads to better commander decks, and it also leads them to be less powerful. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, I mean, Angrath is one of the ones we tested, the uncommon one, and it turns out just your guys having menace is just really fun like that's like there's no there's it's 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 not it's not broken it's not like unbeatable but it's fun yeah exactly (laughs) it's it was just like oh i can hit you with my my utility dude yeah Yeah. virtus the veiled was uh he was the he was the champion he was the main Uh, that's gross my main (laughs) (laughs) making ban list decisions seems like a difficult process because you've got 10 people and as you as you uh-huh. mentioned they've got very different views yep uh does the cag or rc have any interest in pursuing sources of data like magic online commander data to, to aid in your decision making we okay so yes i can't really i mean like yeah if there's something that you're not allowed to divulge that's totally fine yeah i, I, can't, I, like, I can't really talk about that yeah okay. no because well here's the thing Scott Larrabee on the rules committee, he's one of the guys who runs all these tournaments and stuff. Yeah. He works at Wizards, and he works on the Commander product. You know, so, like, he helped make one of the new decks for C19. So, we get a lot of that kind of data and stuff, too, from MTGO from the inside. And, for oh, cool. instance, uh, Rachel uh, Agnes, who is one of the other CAG members, she works at Watsi now. And oh. so, we have, like, we're getting information from all sorts of different places. But more important than that data, because... The commander on MTGO is not necessarily commander the way everybody plays it. Mm-hmm. More important than that is actually just getting feedback from the community. And okay. getting like stuff like EDH rec, stuff like looking at tapped out and deck stats and scryfall things, and seeing what people are actually playing and what decks are being made. And then those are kind of more the important data sources because that kind of gives you a general feel like how ubiquitous is this card? How... How strong is this card? What is the impact here? Yeah. How many decks is... You know, that's that sort of thing I find... Like, if I have one request for people is, honestly, put your decks on something like Architect or on, like, uh, deck stats. Yeah. Not necessarily tapped out, because tapped out doesn't get scraped by EDH rec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you put your decks on one of those sites that does get scraped by EDH rec, then you can help us figure out what Commander looks like. Mm-hmm. That is so important to just... Not just to understand the meta, but also to just understand what... What are people playing? Yeah. 
Well, it's awesome to hear that. I'm so glad that you all have yeah. got your finger <laughs> on so many different pulses to, to track the format. We care. Look, man, the best thing that the uh, Rules Committee did was get the CAG because the people they chose for this first iteration of the CAG are people who love playing Commander, who are hardcore entrenched Commander players who write articles and do podcasts yeah. and stream <laughs> and all of this nonsense. It's like, so yeah, of course, we're invested in Commander. Like, we're players too. Yeah. So bringing us in and getting our opinions about cards changes the entire matrix about it. Yeah, we've been so impressed with the communication with CAG members, like the changes we've seen so far with the CAG. It is a visible difference. And like you said, that transparency that is there now, that wasn't there before, that poll, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was on the ID site. survey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that one, like this fact that so many people said that like, oh, I don't think I have any influence at all. I think that is because there was that, that shroud yes. for so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Like it just, people just felt like they didn't have a way to communicate and, with the rules committee. And that's the thing. It's like on Twitter and with, you know, all these people, we'll answer, we'll listen to any yeah. complaint you have and we'll answer it and we'll take it to people. And we surface issues that matter. There are also cards that we come with that are like, yo, I would like to have a discussion about whether this card is good or bad or not. But it's not like I lost to this card yesterday and now I'm salty and I'm going to ban it tomorrow. Yeah. But it's more like, hey, what does this mean for Commander? Mm -hmm. If we take this card off, what message are we sending? Mm -hmm. If we give this card back, what message are we sending? Like when we take off a Painter Servant, everyone's like, oh, yeah, but Painter Servant grinds it. I'm like, okay, so two fragile artifacts in your deck of 100. Okay, you pulled them out. Fine, I use Force of Vigor and uh, crush them both. (laughs) There's your combo. Happy birthday. Yeah. But it's more like Painter Servant's got weirdo, like, implications that you could do crazy things with. And taking Iona off means that you can't lock the universe out of playing Magic, mm-hmm. right? Here's the thing. We in the CAG do not want to be, like, banning every week. Nobody wants that. That sucks. That's miserable. Frankly, we don't want to ban anything at all. I think you're going to see over the next few years more corrective fixes to the format that either should have been done a long time ago or are just kind of, like, smoothing out issues that we didn't see before or yeah. like there are cards that are on the band list that have been on the band list since it started that we're just like why is this here yeah like who cares about this card it's like well you never played against so i'm like that's because you banned it before i knew what commander was <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there are cards on there that are just like hey man like we have ways to handle graveyards now everybody's got a bunch bug Everybody's got Relic of Progenitus or whatever. There, I mean, like, I think you brought up earlier, like, Coalition Victory. Like, we started playing, like, a, a decade ago sure, or something like over that. And, like, that, even back then, I looked at it and was like, Real? really? Yeah, or, like, Biorhythm, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you look at that and you're like, okay, fine, I get it. Somebody can win out of nowhere with Biorhythm or Coalition Victory. You know what? Someone else can win out of nowhere with Tooth and Nail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I can win out of nowhere with 15 different things anywhere. Yeah. Biorhythm and Coalition Victory are just, like, irrelevant, and they make the band list look foolish. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have the band list where you sit there and go, like, I don't like it, but I get it. Like, Sundering <laughs> Titan's a card where if you go up to an average com- commander player and you go, like, yo, do you think we should unban Sundering Titan? And if even if they've just been ranting at you for, like, half an hour about unban everything, get rid of the band list, whatever... And you're like, hey, how about Sundering Titan? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Because they know what happens if you bring Sundering Titan and Deadeye Navigator together. You're going to have, like... Yeah, it gets pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited to hear that you guys are taking a, a critical look at the cards on the ban list. They're we are having a talk about every single card that's on there. Mm-hmm. Every time. 
I want to say two things first. Like, thank you for doing this. Thank you for continuing to like be vocal, be this like person that people can turn to in the format to basically communicate their concerns with. Like, that's right. like an amazing thing. And uh, thank you for talking with us. Like, this oh, is thank like you so much. It's been great. Yeah, this is. I uh, mean, God knows I have a lot to say on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the show. Where can people reach you if they want to provide their input yeah. and insights into So Commander? the best thing to do is find me on Twitter at Girapuri Gears, which is G-H-I-R-A-P-U-R-I-G-E-A-R-S, as in like Girapuri Gear Crafter. Uh, and yeah, just hit me up, send me a message on Twitter, mm-hmm. or listen to my podcast at Commanderin, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to take all your concerns back to the Rules Committee. Uh, Don't ask me to ban Sol Ring, it's not going to happen. Sol Ring is my favorite card of all time. <laughs> I am biased firmly in favor of Sol Ring. I will do everything in my power to make sure it can stay playable. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not going to happen. I'm sorry you're salty. <laughs> when it comes to Sol Ring, I'm, I'm definitely a partisan. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a really good weekend here at GP Vegas. Yeah. Great to talk to you. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Amond, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Elvis, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Brock, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, and Anthony. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.